Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is that time again. It is time for a new episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. My name is Josh Kuypers. My name is Anthony Hookman. We're going to talk Friday Night Lights as we always do, as we love to do. Uh, Anthony, don't know what we're going to talk about here in this little opening thing. We've been getting a little long-winded in our openings anyway, so, true. so maybe that's okay. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Roosevelt Rough Riders on your t-shirt. Uh, what's up with that? Uh, yeah, so my <laughs> cousins <laughs> who grew up here in Sioux Falls, they went to Roosevelt. My cousin Kathleen Haruska, the great Kathleen Haruska, was uh, yes. a standout volleyball player yep, there. The um, yeah, I supported uh, the Roosevelt Rough Riders from a distance for a number of years, and I found this shirt at a thrift shop. It's probably... Uh, Kathleen estimated that it was probably from the mid nineties. And so oh, wow. it's kind of one that's gets, gets thrown into my, uh, my vesture every now and then. I like it. Uh, I substitute taught in Sioux Falls for a couple years. So spent some time in Roosevelt myself, Oh yeah. uh, did some subbing for the choir teacher there. And nice. it was bizarre because they had, they literally had like a glee club and it was literally like the show Glee, which is an off <laughs> god awful show, uh, super annoying. But like, we won't be doing a Glee podcast. We will not. <laughs> but it felt like I was living Glee, and I was that like lame white vanilla white dude. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that leads me. So that made me think of an opening question. We got something. Yeah, here. All right, we got some. Uh, Roosevelt Rough Riders, obviously named for Teddy Roosevelt. Right, mm-hmm. the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the most obscure president that gets schools named after him? So you've obviously got your Roosevelts and you've got your Washingtons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. What do you think is like the most obscure president that could get a school named after him yet? Besides um, like in his hometown or something. Right. I, I imagine that up to at least Reagan there's probably a, at least one school named for every single president, yeah. except for like, I, so, I mean, so there's two directions to go with this. Yes. Um, there's William Henry Harrison who served for a month and that's it. <laughs> but I feel like, doesn't and that seem really, like a school name though? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like it's definitely out there, but that's, yeah. so, I mean, if you're saying like based on accomplishments, obviously it's him. Yeah. 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 Right. But um, I'm going to say, so uh, to get a little bit long-winded with it as usual. Um, I'm very good. I have a very good memory, as you know. Maybe the people at home do not. Um, for like, But not for like important stuff, for like really dumb, obscure stuff. Um, your your ability to recall dates that things happened, like it in our lives is just, it makes no sense to how you are able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm weirdly good with dates and I'm weirdly good with like capitals and presidents. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, like, we, I don't remember how long ago this was, um, probably, t- oh, I, I mean, obviously pre-pandemic, <laughs> probably two and a half years ago, we were in a bar and this girl that uh, Angie's brother was dating at the time, she had, like, the list, or we got talking about the state capitals or something, uh-huh. and so she was, like, going through and she was, like, amazed at how how many state <laughs> capitals I knew, because I only missed, like, four or five, and it was, like, you know, uh-huh. the really, yeah. you know, the stuff that you don't think of. Um, yeah. But uh, the reason I say this is because the only president whose name that I occasionally see and go, was he president or was he just like an important <laughs> dude is Warren G. Harding. Harding. Okay. Yeah. That is for me. 
which is weird because it's a relatively modern president. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I can't even completely place like what decade he would have twenties been in. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't. know. I know now because it's come up so many times. <laughs> You've in, locked it in by this. Yeah, that I yeah. that I've now locked it in. But there was a a period of time where I was like. Was that was Warren G. Harding president, or was he just a like important <laughs> dude, like uh, um, like a like a Rockefeller or whatever? Right, right, right. Okay, and I haven't made an ass of myself. He was president from twenty one <laughs> to twenty three. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so right now I am searching Warren G. Harding High School. I knew that his middle initial was G. Uh, we do have a Warren G. Harding High School in Warren. Ohio. <laughs> wow. Was the town named it's after actually him? Just, it's just G. Harding High School in Warren, Ohio. <laughs> yeah, the w- Warren Warren G. Harding <laughs> High School. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm very confused. What is the town name? Did they like change their name once they had a a, a president? I don't know if it's. City? I don't know if we want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm going, man. That's already. It's too late. He is from. He was from Ohio, or at least he went to college in Ohio. Okay, I'm. You're right. This is. This is a dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but I just need to see where he was from. He was born in Blooming Grove, Ohio. He went to Ohio Central College. Yeah, interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Warren G. Harding, at least. You're right. I mean, we already said it. There's probably at least one high school named for everybody, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just, it's a name that like, like I said, like it's almost like a Rockefeller or a Carnegie where mm-hmm. for a while there, I was like, was this just an important rich dude or was this like a, a the president? Um, <laughs> but now, yeah, I've got him locked in. So I just, I, I have to Google search was Warren, Ohio named after a president. <laughs> what the heck? Warren, Ohio, which has Warren G. Harding High School in it, which Warren G. Harding was from Ohio. Warren, Ohio was named uh, for the town surveyor, Moses Warren. (laughs) All right. It has nothing to do with Warren G. Harding, but okay. Well, I'm glad they, they had founded the town and then they were like, Let's also name the high school after another Warren. Let's, let's be really all in on Warrens. <laughs> yes. I like they it. They were all really right. rooting for it. was 100% for Elizabeth Warren and, and Warren, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> when they held the primary. <laughs> they would have changed the name of the school to Elizabeth Warren G. Harding High School. Yes. <laughs> All right. I didn't know where we were going to go with this opening question, but I feel like we went sufficiently far with that and uh, got a little something out of it. So I agree. Thanks for wearing that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I almost, I actually almost changed into a, a, a sleeveless shirt because that's usually what I wear when I record. But <laughs> right. I uh, figured that, uh, yeah, I, I got so caught up because I forgot the ring light. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see me properly. <laughs> right. Um, that I completely forgot to change shirts. It was fate. All right. Well, we're going to talk about episode 403. Before we do that, uh, Anthony, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Josh, we've got a, I mentioned this before we started recording, but we got an episode where I was like, after I got done watching it, I was like, this is going to be, I think, quite a discussion. I think there's a lot to unpack here. So we switched it. Got a little uh, rum and diet Coke. 
drinking out of my uh, commemorative glass that I bought at the uh, Monster Club in Omaha, <laughs> my new favorite bar. Yes, the the horror movie themed bar. Mm-hmm. I love a good commemorative pint glass. It takes you know? a lot for me to to go that uh, to go that route, and it. We were there, and I was. I noticed that my beer glass was branded, and I was like, you know, we don't have a ton of pint glasses. Yeah, I'm gonna see if I can buy one of these, and they were like, yep, so. sweet. Yeah, I I've been off beer a little bit uh, as of late, as you know. But I also, in preparation for the double header uh, tonight, we are recording a double, which we haven't done. We're you know getting old and soft, and you know we have lives <laughs> yeah. again. So yeah, uh, but we're doing a, a double tonight. So. <laughs> I, uh, we had some, um, leftover, what's it called? I hate it, but I drank it anyway. Fireball. There was fireball. I hate fireball. Uh, just randomly in our cupboard. So I, I had a little glass of that while I was, uh, watching, uh, TV before this. So I got that going. And then, uh, the only thing left in the fridge was just straight Bud Light. So poured that, poured that into a nice glass here and that's what I'm going with. So. We went and uh, had a little happy hour with our neighbors down the hall last oh. night um, at a little restaurant uh, that's like literally like a stone's throw like from our apartment. Like I uh-huh. could probably throw a stone from the top of our apartment and get <laughs> real close to in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, hadn't done like a light beer yeah. uh, in a long time. And they had $2.50 Coors Light Pints was part of the happy hour special. So I was like, yep. I That's guess I got to do, yeah. Do a little Coors Light. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, not my favorite light beer, but really, it, I mean, it's all kind of the same and it's all fine. Yeah. So. Yep, exactly. Well, good. Uh, that's what we're drinking. That's uh, the president that we, <laughs> is, has at least one high school named after him. So we're going to get into it. This is episode 403. This episode is entitled In the Skin of a Lion. It originally aired November 11th of 2009. Little brother's birthday. Oh, well, which one? Brandon. Hey, happy birthday, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> we always we call, him up, we call him up every year and we just say, hey, happy, happy Veterans Day, man. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's like, hey, it's my birthday, too. I'm like, no, you can't, you're not allowed to no, have no, a no, birthday no. on a holiday. <laughs> That's stolen valor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy Veterans Day. Nice try. November 11th. Uh, so remember, folks, fans of the show, to wish Anthony's brother a happy birthday come November <laughs> 11th and a happy Veterans Day. Uh, what does our new friend that we're still feeling out, Haven Iron Oak, have to say about this one? Yeah, here it is. Coach Taylor and the team struggle to come up with the funds for new uniforms, and Coach makes a commitment that may get him in trouble with Mrs. Taylor. Riggins bonds with Becky, his new landlady's daughter. Matt's artist mentor influences both Matt and Julie. Landy's, Landry's interest in Jess increases, and he discovers that she knows football when she tutors him on kicking. All right. Get, getting a little insane. Getting, I, I really do think I'm wondering if this is what happened in Movie Dude 1. Is He he started off stronger than we realized, and he descended into madness, because there's I, a little bit of... I actually, so we'll get into this, but I, I went back and looked at a little movie dude, early movie dude one for inspiration tonight. Mm-hmm. And it actually was pretty normal back in season <laughs> yeah. two. It was to the point. It was brief. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Old Haven Iron Oak here. 
are, is there anywhere particular in particular here that you sense him going off the rails a little bit or cause I am just at listening to you. I thought it sounded fairly straightforward. The Matt's artist mentor influences both Matt and Julie has mm-hmm. a real movie dude one feel to it. it I think know, that sense right. <laughs> it's like just vague enough, <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. No, that's good. That's a good point. I mean, if we're going to give Old Haven Iron Oak a rating here, I mean, I think it's pretty solid. We still haven't figured out the complete, yeah. like, terms of how this what scale works. But, is, yeah. I don't know, maybe like a seven? Yeah, I think a seven's good. But you know what I'm more interested in? <sighs> in a new segment here <laughs> on Reliving the Lights <laughs> called the Movie Dude 2 synopsis. <laughs> Uh, Josh and I have taken it upon ourselves uh, every other episode. He will write a his own Movie Dude One-esque synopsis for an episode, and I will write my own uh, Movie Dude One for the next episode. So, yeah. uh, Josh, let's, let's hear the Movie Dude Two <sighs> synopsis for this episode. Man, this was humbling. This was really humbling to try and write this. I felt I had like Angie help with mine for the next episode. <laughs> okay, well then yours is going to be way better than mine, uh, because yeah, I felt like I I owed Movie Dude one a little bit of an apology <laughs> to a certain extent. I'm really happy with. Uh, make sure you tune in next week because I'm very happy with how mine turned out. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, then we'll the set the bar, we'll set the bar low with mine yep. here, and and I did. I felt like okay, I, I can work into this. We'll just get something out there now and. We'll have nowhere to go but up. So, all right. Mm. Here it is. Our very first Movie Dude 2 plot synopsis. I registered that on IMDb, by the way. I got yes. that name. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. We got we to gotta do it. Like, we got to actually go in and do these synopses. Like, add them to the IMDb. Already submitted mine. Yes. Waiting for approval. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. And uh, be, be just brutally honest with the rating, all right? <clears throat> I'm embarrassed. This is like more vulnerable than I've felt I'm, on the podcast. Even I'm, like our big, like in our, in our feelings emo episode a few <laughs> weeks back. This is okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm, I'm not going to look at you. I'm just going to listen and I'm just going to take it in. Okay. <clears throat> Coach Taylor feels the crunch of his financial. Dis- <laughs> let me, <laughs> let me try again. <laughs> I can be yeah. <laughs> Coach Taylor feels the crunch of his financial decisions. Tim feels the crunch of Becky's feelings towards him. Julie, Julie feels the crunch of Matt's deepening relationship with Richard Sherman. <laughs> the East Dillon Lions feel the crunch of needing to finish a game to not get cut. Landry feels the crunch of becoming the team's new punter. Luke feels the crunch of needing to perform so that he can get out of town someday. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the question. Mm-hmm. Do we rate based on how similar it is to Movie Dude 1? Or do we rate yours on the Movie Dude 1 scale? Uh, that's a good question. I think we rate it on the Movie Dude 1 scale. Because that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying right, to keep yeah. the legacy going, right? 
of Movie Dude One. Uh, I'm just realizing, like, I used that's a lot of sentences that I used. Yeah, so too many sentences. Yeah, so that's as didn't far work. as like being to to movie dude one, and that was something that I really focused on. Our mind was like trying to use commas. Yes, in I try to. Um, okay, here I'm going to do both. So on the <laughs> yes. like getting it to movie dude one, you picked a good, you picked a theme and stuck with it, which is that, good. That's my. Th- However, yeah, that was my only thing. I think a secret to the movie dude one thing is also like changing the phrasing of the word. You just said feels the crunch, feels the crunch, feels the crunch. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so there's 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 room for improvement there. Um, <laughs> but I good. think it's for for a first outing, it was good while trying to sound like movie dude one. Yes. Um, on that scale, <laughs> because you repeated feels the crunch too many times, I got to give you like a four. <laughs> I feel like that's generous. So <laughs> thank you. I really did. After I, after I like tried to do it and granted, I was trying to also do it in the, the voice of movie dude. Mm, one, so that mm-hmm. adds another layer, but I was like, no, this, sure. it's kind of hard to, yeah. <laughs> to write a recap. Yeah. So. I, I because you, you the thing is I think the num the first thing you have to do is pick out what your theme is right and for me as we'll talk about uh, next week next episode um yeah. I picked like an like just one part from the episode and was like all right can I work with this yes 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 and and kind of jumped with it so well yeah we'll we'll see how how I rank you know what I really wanted to to make this revolve around I don't know if you noticed. But for some reason, there was a scene where Tim was brushing his teeth, and then there was a scene where Julie was brushing her teeth. Oh. And I was like, "Is that, are they doing this on purpose? So and so I, like, lashed onto it. And so in my mind, I was like, maybe I can, like, wrap that into the theme of the right. movie Dude 1, but I, I couldn't pull it off. So It's all right. I just started in one spot and then just kept it going. So. No, this is good. I, I definitely, you know, aspire to improve and get better at it. So I'm fine with it being <laughs> not that impressive to begin with, but no, that was, I, I promise was I will though. keep upping my game. Yeah. So I did submit that. So if you, you know, pending approval, if you go to the IMDB page, we are <laughs> movie dude two and it is, I couldn't get movie dude uh, numeral two, I had to do spelled out two. So it's oh, movie dude okay. T-W-O. Okay. So be on the lookout for that. That's a good, important note. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our first <laughs> foray <laughs> into synopsis writing. Let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. Give it, give it your on own Twitter. Rating. Yes. Send but not on it. Facebook because we probably won't see it for <laughs> a while. You can talk amongst yourselves over there. <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up eventually. All right. Well, I'm excited next week to hear what you got, but all right. So this episode starts in East Dillon and we know that it's East Dillon because hip hop music is playing. Yes. Uh, the pan, not the Panthers, the lions are, uh, having I had a, a really f- hard time know, in my right? notes, not writing down Panthers. I had to like, uh, erase multiple times. Uh, they're having a little football fundraiser, uh, coaches getting them going. Yeah. Uh, this fundraiser, it apparently involves pushing a car around town and yelling uh, the, at people. Yeah. The whole town is, is <laughs> running uh, just, or the, the whole team is just pushing this car around town while Stan is in the vehicle with a big, like, uh, you megaphone. know, megaphone, but like a home, you know, the yeah. non-electrical type of megaphones, mm-hmm. um, whatever cheerleaders use. I don't know what you call those, but, um, and just yelling at people. There's a nice little exchange 
yeah. with Tinker and Coach. <clears throat> yep. Uh, that I didn't quite write down the exact phrasing of. I don't know if you did. Anthony, you know I did. Okay. <laughs> Coach is explaining the fundraiser. He says, any questions? Tinker says, matter of fact, I do have a question. What is it, Tinker? Why are we pushing this damn car? One, you need to watch your language. Two, <laughs> next time I see you, I want whatever that is on your upper lip shaved off. <laughs> so yeah. Coach giving Tinker some crap on his terrible facial hair. Not a problem we have here at Reliving the Lights. Uh, <laughs> no. I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, Coach Stan is really leading the charge on the megaphone. Going going full Coach Stan on, yes. on East Dillon. Yeah. We get a, a scene that this is probably where I would have drawn from this little storyline with my movie dude to segment. Um, I was thinking like, if I would have had to do this one, what would I go with? And I think I would have found something with like keeping the faith or something as the direction I would have maybe gone with <laughs> okay. it. Okay. But, uh, but we get a little conversation uh, with Tammy who is feeling a little bit uh, disrespected by the members of the congregation at the church that they attend in Dillon. Yes. Julie kind of, I don't remember what the exact wording she uses, but she says like, well, this isn't going to be my life. Like Julie or Tammy says like, yeah, people are going to talk trash. That's like, whatever is part of life. And Julie's like, well, this isn't going to be my life. Yeah. Um, And Tammy is like, well, what do you mean? And Julie kind of just tells her like, this church is full of hypocrites. You know, it sucks. (laughs) It's essentially, um, Tammy kind of tells her, hey, there's hypocrites everywhere. Like, that isn't just the church. Yeah. Um, and we kind of get a, a little concern coming from Tammy, and this becomes a very large part of this <laughs> this episode. Well, okay. So I want to get your perspective on this. I didn't even <laughs> mention this in my Movie Dude 2 summary, and that's because I did not think that this related to anything else in the episode. It didn't. It's like it they didn't. needed something for Tammy and Julie to do. And right, so, and it, so I was I, like, "This seems superfluous." And yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I, completely get it. I agree. I agree, but I also think like it's an interesting thing to explore personally. I think oh, it's maybe yeah. something that they've wanted to explore for a while, and finally we're like, "Hey, we don't have Tammy or Julie doing anything in this episode. Let's do yeah, this." Because even mean. and while I. I don't want to dive in too deep, but like every time that they went back to this, it comes up like four times. And each time it's just Tammy, like riding Julie about yeah. this. She's and I was just like, go. Tammy freaking back up. <laughs> like <laughs> is how I felt by the end of it. And, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We see uh, we're back at the fundraiser. Stan is still just going ham on this megaphone. Like, <laughs> he is, he is uh, doing his best to raise as much money as he can in a completely Coach Stan way. And uh, it turns out that uh, Coach and Tim are like secretly handing out money to the crowd, like out in front of the car. Like, yeah. So this is kind of a fundraiser, but I guess also like Coach's way of encouraging the team showing like, hey yeah, making, the community supports you look at all this yeah. money they're giving but yeah because t- tim comes over and is like i need you know i need some more money and yeah. coach is like i've only got that's a hundred dollars don't yeah i can't i don't have any more <laughs> yeah i just so i don't know if that's like to encourage the players or if it's like the thing where you know you put a few dollars in the tip jar at the beginning of the right. day to encourage people to like oh other people gave I better give you got to give if you, you got to give you got to give you got to give 
Yeah, it's hard to say exactly what they're because I almost got the impression that people were taking money out of the. <laughs> they said that. Uh, they, yeah. yeah, they said some people are taking it. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen that happen in a church before. Uh, I can't remember where it was or what the context was, but it was a person who didn't uh, was not a churchgoer, and the sure. offering plate came around. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like thought people <laughs> were taking it rather than putting it in. Oh. Did they that, actually uh, think that or would they do with their excuse? <laughs> I don't know. The other okay, so this is completely unrelated to the episode, but that reminds me of one of my favorite church stories like that where uh we were taking communion. This was at our home church in Platt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were doing communion and it was communion by intinction. So that's where like you take a piece of bread and then you dip it like in the juice. And mm-hmm. take it that way, which is not something that our home church did a lot. Mm-hmm. So this was a new thing. And I remember being behind this old guy and he went up into the line and he like tore a piece of bread off the loaf, stuck it in his mouth before realizing that like he was supposed to dip it first. Mm-hmm. So then he spits oh, it no. out of his mouth, like bleh, spits it out of his mouth and then dips it in the no. communal cup and eats it. <laughs> The person holding the cup, the communion cup, was just like had this horrified look on her face, like, oh, what do I do with this now? So they like took it back and switched it out. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad that that got caught. Because, yes, <laughs> that was quite the moment. Um, I guess you we're talking about church a lot with Julie and Tammy, so it it, it fits. We'll, yeah, it we'll does. That was irrelevant. But yeah, Richard needs a ride. Richard Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> needs a ride. It's funny every time. It really is. Uh, Richard Sherman needs a ride from Matt to Clearwater, which we learn is 200 miles away. Yeah. Um, Matt is reluctant because he has to work at his pizza job. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, Richard says like, oh, you know, like this is more important. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it is. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to give you the wisdom of, yeah. you know, the world and you're not willing to drive and, and pay for gas basically. So, yeah. Uh, I referred to him both as Richard Sherman and Dickie Sherman in my notes because <laughs> I thought they were both equally funny. So yeah, at least to myself. Is, that's a good bit. So next we see coach at school. He's talking to the principal whose first name is Levi. I can never catch his last name, but principal Levi. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of trying to work him, trying to get new uniforms, uh, exp- <laughs> trying to explain that. Uh, well, the, the principal's like, well, you already have uniforms. <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> No, I burnt them. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but the principal kind of says, you know, well, let's see if you can finish some games before I start writing checks for the football team. And he kind of gives him an ultimatum, like either you turn this thing around or we're going to cut it, cut the yeah. program. And implies, and I don't, I didn't really get this impression before, but imply, he says like, you weren't supposed to take this job. You're the only one who didn't get the joke of, yeah, right this job. So, yeah, I never got that impression before, but I guess same. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, I mm. guess you wouldn't expect a you know one of the best coaches in Texas football to take a terrible coaching job like that. So, right. So maybe, but yeah, coaches coach kind of finds out like they, his ass is kind of on the line. The football team's ass is kind of on the line a little yeah. bit. Becky brings Tim some toast for breakfast. 
uh, well, she visits him under the guise of bringing yes. him breakfast, right. uh, toast for breakfast, because she actually needs a ride to school. Uh, Tim is annoyed by this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We get another scene of Tammy bringing up church with Julie. Julie basically tells her that uh, she's like, I don't hate it, but like, if you guys didn't go, I wouldn't go. Right. Which, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that there's a conversation to be had here and maybe we should just have it at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we'll, we'll just, we'll come back to, to Tammy and Julie. Yeah. Uh, I just like to make a note that boy, there's a lot of Gracie in this episode. Yes, there is. Like they were trying to make up for lost time or something or like, Hey, we can get (laughs) the kid. (laughs) They could like get the, the kid for a certain amount of time. So just tried to like, yeah. Pack her in as much as they, they were could, within but child child labor law like hours <laughs> exactly <laughs> <that> filming. <laughs> yep, yep. I was kind of under the impression for the first couple episodes, the few glimpses that we got of her, that maybe she did not look so weird anymore. She still mm-hmm. looks weird. She still yeah. yeah. You were wrong. I was wrong. Uh, false hope on Gracie. So sorry, even Gracie. Angie. I don't remember if it was this episode or the next episode, but Angie even made a comment where she was like, "God, that baby." <laughs> <laughs> No, the the forehead it's so big yeah it's like know. her hair on top and i mean i can relate to this but her hair on top is like <laughs> it's super blonde and yeah. also like pretty thin and so yeah. she's almost got like a hulk hogan it is like, like a hulk hogan like mullet from thing. the wrong angle yeah. it almost looks like yeah <laughs> like she's got male pattern baldness but long hair in the back very odd oh well i wish we could track her down just to make sure that she turned out okay but it did not start well for (laughs) young gracie all right we see the boosters uh (sighs) buddy walks in they're making fun of coach taylor forfeiting the game yeah this is two weeks after like the forfeit i'm pretty sure yeah, again, the timeline is messy. At this, least a week and a half because there was that week last week where the Panthers had a game, but uh, but East Dillon didn't for right. some reason, which worked out because they burnt their jerseys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like Joe McCoy is loudly like, and then Coach Taylor forfeited the game. <laughs> and it's just like, this was, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just telling as to um, how quickly things accelerate now like in the world that we live Mm. in um i was thinking about this actually last weekend because i went to go see the movie old directed by m night Shyamalan, Uh and after i got out of it i was thinking about how there was all the jokes on twitter for like a week about the beach that makes you go old right and being like oh this movie's less than a month old and those jokes feel ancient yeah they're gone (laughs) like they're that god so like maybe that just uh speaks to how accelerated right jokes go and come and go now yeah with or but like i was like why are they still laughing like that wouldn't still be funny but maybe maybe (laughs) it would (laughs) maybe in 2009 uh stuff was funny for longer but uh i actually wouldn't know uh, if those jokes died out, because I went ahead and put a, a muted words uh, thing <laughs> on Twitter for beach. <laughs> I was like, okay, everybody's just making the same joke over and over again. I'm good on the beach thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's probably smart. What was your letterboxed rating for? for I enjoyed old? it. I think I gave it a three or three and a half. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. However, and you can cut this. 
um, <laughs> there was a scene that made me literally like, okay. And I did, I think I remember like meaning to talk about this last week. Um, yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Um, but uh, so there's a scene, so the beach makes you get old. Yeah. Um, and so when the movie starts, there's three kids. Two of them are like five and six and their brother and sister and the other girls like five. Mm-hmm. And then like they, you know, turn into like teenagers, like while they're on the beach or whatever. So we find out at one point, one of these teenagers is pregnant. So these two six-year-olds Jeez. <laughs> in like teenage bodies. Yeah. But two six-year-olds. Oh. Yeah. Um, it was uh. just like, why would you? Why would you? I understand, like, like the scene that it brings, and and you know, like yeah. all that. But I was just like, why would you put that in the movie? Like, what Yuck. a questionable. That's really like weird. just the yeah. implication, right? <laughs> and yeah, I put yeah. that in my letterbox review, but I also <clears throat> put it behind a spoiler wall because I was like, I don't want to ruin this, but like, how f-ed up? Like, Jeez. yeah. So weird. Very questionable. But apparently it was in the original short story that the movie is based on. So I oh, yeah. uh, can't fault M night for that one. But. Anyway, the, I really do not know how we got there, but the boosters. Oh yeah. The, the, how things, yep. uh, yep. yeah. How jokes fade out quicker. Um, yes. Anyway, Joe McCoy and the boosters are just yucking it up about coach Taylor forfeiting the game. Buddy comes in and it's immediately awkward. There's tension with Buddy and the Boosters. Somebody points out that, hey, Buddy, we didn't see it's the game on Friday. What's going on? Uh, kind of beating around the bush for a little bit, but Joe, Joe McCoy doesn't beat around the bush. Uh, he makes a pretty the man does not accusation. know subtlety. No. Uh, you don't become the stud of suds by <laughs> being indirect. No. <clears throat> uh, so he makes a pretty pointed accusation to Buddy about the mailbox and, uh, Buddy kind of takes a little, well, he doesn't take the full stand yet, but he kind of says, hey, listen, I've been a Panther for since before any of you were Panthers. Yep. I've been the Panther um, longest here. And yeah. So I'll just yeah. pretend you didn't say that, mm-hmm. Joe McCoy, you freaking scumbag. Yeah. It's it's a pretty tense little scene. We're at practice. Luke is not feeling very welcome. Vince is talking a little trash. Um, and uh, Coach has Luke practiced with the defensive backs, which Luke is pretty frustrated by because he is a star running back. Yeah. Doesn't feel like he uh, should be practicing with the defensive backs. But no. coach kind of tells him, you do what I tell you. This is my team. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So you, you practice the DBs with Tim Riggins. And why Tim Riggins is the defensive back coach, I don't yeah. know either. But. Well, it was kind of weird too. Coach is like, Tim, take Luke over to the defensive backs and... Tim literally just like walked with him over to the defense. Like (laughs) Luke could have walked there himself, but Tim isn't the coach of the defensive back. Maybe Tim was just his uh, chauffeur there. Yeah. But Tim, we, we start to see that Tim's going to take him under his wing a little bit. Yeah. Like he's getting, he's developing a relationship with Luke. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Julie is accompanying Matt once again, out delivering pizzas, uh, which again is just sad. So apparently they hadn't Googled, Richard Sherman before. Yeah. Like they're just discovering yeah. that he's actually a really good. You gotta remember this was 2009. Like okay, the yeah. iPhone was on like the second generation. Like this is yeah. clearly Julie's first smartphone. We, you gotta remember like how quickly things once again have accelerated in the last yeah, 11, absolutely. 12 years. 
Yeah. Like, um, it's possible you just didn't do this because you just didn't have it there all the time. That's true. That's true. You would have had to remember to Google Richard Sherman later when yep. you were sitting by your desktop PC mm-hmm. at your house. So I guess, um, yeah, you probably couldn't. Uh, we've probably talked about Cha Cha before, but you couldn't, you probably wouldn't ask Cha Cha, hey, what's yeah. the deal with Richard Sherman? Yeah. Richard Sherman is a star uh, defensive back for, <laughs> you know, whatever college he went to. Yeah, right. I don't know why I did the movie phone voice for that. But. Uh, so they finally figure out, hey, this guy actually is is a legitimate artist. They kind of find it like a glowing review of him online yeah. and like a preview of like a show he's doing or something like that. Yep. Yeah, something at like the Texas Museum of Modern Art or something. Yeah. Like that. Matt's kind of perplexed by this. Yeah. He's kind of like, what do they what do they mean? He's I don't know what the word is, but ethereal like, or something yeah, ethereal, like that. Like he's just a jerk. You know, or, you know. <laughs> just a jerk. Yeah. Uh and he is still dreading this drive to Clearwater that he's got yes. uh, lined yeah, up with, with Dickie. Four hundred miles of hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we see coach talking to the Under Armour rep. Money's tight. My wife pointed out that this guy, the Under Armour rep, is one of the main characters on Parenthood. Ooh. Is that what it's called? Parenthood? Yeah, yep. which is a Jason Katim's yep. uh, show that I enjoy, but I stopped watching because it's too emotional and I don't want to get in my feelings every time I turn on the TV. Sure. So, uh, I might have to, or if that's streaming somewhere, that might be a good uh, palate cleanser after we finish The Americans because... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Lindsay loves it. She's watched it like two times. I imagine Andrew through, would so. be a big fan of that. So and I like I like the episodes I watch. It's just Is it too emotional. Half hour or an hour? I think it's hour. All right. Yeah, I know. That's like <laughs> for your nighttime like, show. Yeah, half mm-hmm. hour is like so perfect. And Americans has been really tough for us because there was like a solid like probably four or five episodes in a row that I would fall asleep like in the middle. I'd, uh, I'd see the beginning and the end, but I would miss like crucial points in the middle. <laughs> um, but you know, you can work off of context clues. You know, yeah. there's nothing I've like missed that I've it's, been like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, an hour show is is a, it's a big wow. commitment. And you're already night. late. And then like for us, like our TV is up on top of our uh, fireplace in our bed. In your bedroom. Yeah. In our bedroom. So it's like we're already in bed watching it. Like, mm-hmm. so you're already in bed. You're already covered <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. It's it's really the reason why I resisted rewatching Friday Night Lights so long with Lindsay is because when I, when we watch a show together, it's at the end of the night and I just want to watch a show that I don't have to think about and fall asleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put it off and put it off and then I just started watching it without her. And we, yeah, we've talked about that on the podcast <laughs> and now before, but here we are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Doug, I did not catch his name, but sure. Doug, the Under Armour rep, uh, is he's willing to work with coach on this, but he needs to bring some money back. He says like, we'll give it to you for cost, but I got to bring something back. And he's going to throw in because you've been such a loyal customer. We're going to throw in some hats and some other like polos and stuff for you. Yep. Yep. Which is good because we know that they didn't have enough hats for the coaching staff. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, coach ends up writing him uh, a check for three thousand dollars, and he hands it to him. And Doug, like, oh, this is a personal check. Uh, you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and coach says, "I'm good with it if you're good with it." And Doug takes it. So, uh, coach putting putting the money down. Yeah, yeah. He's a big, uh, big, 
thing as we learn, especially uh, mm-hmm. in a few scenes. So this was maybe not a uh, great decision by Coach Taylor. Yeah, not so much. Um, <laughs> so Tammy and Coach have another conversation about Julie and church concerns. Mm-hmm. Coach does not seem to care at all. No, he completely brushes um, it off. Yeah, he's basically like, she's a teenager. Uh, next week, she'll probably be, you know, all back about it. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it too much. Tammy's like, okay, maybe you're right. But also, uh, did you use a check from the checkbook? Because we got a missing check. <laughs> and coach lies about it, says that it was a $45 check to the dry cleaners. The dry cleaners. Red's dry cleaners, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, he paid a $45 check to the dry cleaners. No big deal. Don't worry about it. And I, Tammy's like, you can't be doing that. You got to balance the book. You balance Which, your checkbook? No. Never. No. Nobody balances their checkbook no. anymore because you write like five checks a year. Yeah. I write 12 checks a year and they're all for rent. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> everything else is done with my card or um, like through PayPal or Venmo or whatever. Right. And I can view that happening in real time on my banking app. Exactly. <laughs> Outdated um, pop culture reference, not pop culture, <laughs> but outdated culture reference absolutely. of the week is balancing your checkbook. That's not a thing anymore. Uh, yeah, if a code, if a check doesn't get cashed, I yeah, I wouldn't know. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I check, I check probably like once a week my balance sure. just to be like, oh, yep, I'm pretty much where I thought I was, right? Um, or <laughs> or be like that rent check clear yet or where, where sure. am I at? Like where, yeah. how worried should I be uh, with my balance? But, um, but coach just straight up lies. Like this is about as yeah. like bald face lies you can get uh, for coach. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't explain this one away after the fact. So uh, <laughs> he kind of goes all Especially in on this we one. Come, well, we come to learn later in the episode about, which makes me a little bit worried about coach and Tammy's finances. Yeah, um, they didn't have three thousand dollars in their checking account. <laughs> Which, like, Angie kind of like I was thinking it, but Angie said it. She was like, "And we, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves." But later in the episode, Tammy's like, "We don't have three thousand dollars in our checking account," and I was like, "Maybe they just have all their money in savings." I guess, but also that's easily transferable. But also, it was two thousand nine. But also, even then, I'm pretty sure that you could have like made a call and done One, that. Yeah, you could have taken care of that in like ten minutes or less for sure. Yeah. But I, I also was, yeah, eh, that yeah. doesn't seem right, but okay. I'm wildly financially responsible and I'm pretty sure I have over $3,000 in my checking account right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Matt and Richard are about to leave on their little trip to Clearwater. Yeah. Richard's still pretty rude, smoking in Matt's car, making yeah. Matt take his own personal vehicle. Yeah. Uh, making Matt pay for gas. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah Matt's, just, Matt's not crazy about that, obviously. But I got a little ahead of myself earlier, but this is where Richard yeah. says like, hey, I'm giving you the the keys to the kingdom here, the secrets of, you know, how to become an artist. Like the least you can do is pay for gas. Coach calls Landry into his office and uh, tells him he's going to be the punter for the yeah. Lions now. Um yeah. And you know it's well. He tells him he's to work on his punting. Yeah, right. Uh, and but you know he's serious because he calls him Landry. Yep, right. It's not Lance. <laughs> it's, it's Landry. Uh, Landry says he's more of a hands guy. You know, 
but but yeah, he's yeah. like, I'll but, work on catching some punts. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so so Landry's going to be doing that. Uh, Luke comes into coach's office to tell him, "Hey, listen, coach, no hard feelings, you know, about what happened with your wife and your wife sending me over here." Just want to let you know I don't hold anything against you. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, is not the phrasing that I maybe would have used. No. <laughs> no. Coach is like, well, you did it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Damn right. No hard feelings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Says you were the one that were doing that was doing something wrong and you got caught. So, yeah, it's not my wife's fault at all. So I would hope that you have no hard feelings against me. Uh, I thought this, I, I really liked this scene cause I felt like, again, it was like Luke showing us that Luke's a good kid, you know, like yep. he, yeah. he wants to just He's like set person. the record straight and yep. get in there and clear the air, but also a little bit entitled in, you know, yeah. misinformed and misguided in yep. his approach to that. Just, yep. I think it's a great, uh, yeah. depiction of who Luke is for sure. Yep. Doesn't go as he planned. Um, we see uh, Matt and Richard picking metal out of the salvage yard. <laughs> Matt's still trying to glean some wisdom from him. So he says, like, when you're picking this junk out, like, do you see something in it? <laughs> Richard clowns him pretty hard. At this yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah. Picks up like a shattered uh, windshield or a chunk of a shattered windshield. <laughs> and is like, oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, it holds it up to like the sky. And he's just like, I see the face of God in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good bit yeah matt got owned and it was great yeah uh, tells, tells matt that he asked too many questions uh, mm-hmm. um yeah the next scene we see tim uh not in his trailer but in becky's house he's brushing his teeth which is one of two brushing teeth scenes which i <laughs> keyed in the on. record i don't know if you noticed here and you pointed this out the other day or a, a few weeks ago that i didn't realize taylor kitsch is canadian Yes. He said something about borrowing. Borrow. borrow. I I, got it too. Yeah. He said borrow. And I was like, oh yeah, there's that, that Canadian coming through. So you, yeah, you heard that, that, uh, Canadian. Absolutely. Part of, of Taylor Kitsch coming through. Tim's brushing his teeth. Becky asked him his opinion. She's trying to pick out like which dress she's going to wear for the pageant that she's in mm-hmm. um it's pretty awkward tim kind of asked her like shouldn't doesn't your mom help you with this stuff and she basically says like yeah my mom's not around enough to help me or something along those lines so. yeah tim uh she's like so tell me which one to wear and tim's she's like i can try them both on if you want me to yeah. and tim's like pretty visibly uncomfortable and is basically like i don't care the pink one can't go wrong with pink yeah and kind of walks out we yeah Matt, did, did we establish what did we say Becky's age was like sixteen at the oldest? Yeah, it's never like outright stated. She's in high school next year. Spoiler, um, so she's like seventeen oh, she, at the absolute oldest. She's not in high school here. We, she is. She is in high school next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year. Yeah, next season in the fifth season. But she's not in high school this season. Yeah. Okay. So she's, oh, she's you think still she didn't graduate? Yeah. Gotcha. I she's was like, so you're saying she's in eighth year. grade? This no, year? God, no, no, no. <laughs> Yikes. No. no, she's she's 17 at the oldest because right. she's still in high school next year. So she she has not she does not graduate in this particular season. <laughs> okay. I thought you meant she was a freshman next year. I was like, no, oh, geez. No, 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 I thought no, she was no. young, but not an eighth grader. 
No. <laughs> That's very questionable then. Uh, yeah, it's very awkward. Tim's obviously very uncomfortable with the situation that he is in. But I think we also know that he, we can tell that he feels for Becky. Like he yeah. sympathizes with the situation Absolutely. that she's in with her mom not being present and all that. Yep. We see Dick and Matt. They're at a bar playing shuffleboard, which I love me some bar shuffleboard. I think it's yeah. great. It's a good, it's, yeah. And it's basically curling, which we talked about curling before. Yeah, Curling is just shuffleboard on ice, right? Like basically. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. With a little, um, like a few, with a, a few more steps. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, so I love playing shuffleboard down there at Fernson's downtown in Sioux Falls. They got that mm-hmm. shuffleboard table in there. Lindsay and I'll go and have when some pints still, and play shuffleboard. When I was still in office, we had a shuffleboard and a ping pong table in our break room. Oh, nice. And I, uh, the shuffleboard didn't get used too much, but I always wanted to. I think I've only ever like actually played shuffleboard maybe two or three times and done terribly. I have a hard <laughs> time really gauging speed yeah. and stuff but yep. uh but I, I i feel like i would like to get better at it so they got a table down at uh severance which is just a couple blocks oh, yeah. from your house just a stone so throw yep go have some good beers they got well, good beers there maybe and- if you get a hold of me when you're in town we can <laughs> go do that so anyway dick and matt playing shuffleboard uh richard is feeling kind of loose feeling kind of good she was like, all right, let's talk. You want to talk? Let's uh, let's do it. I'm not a dick all the time. So, yeah, have at it. And Matt asks, I believe the question was, what's the most important tool an yeah. artist can have? <laughs> and I think Richard kind of clowns him again at that yep. point. But God, you asked too many questions. He was like, you just told <laughs> me. Just told me, yeah. But Richard ends up saying that selfishness is the best tool that an artist can have because you're supposed to like put this deep, dark corner of yourself out into the world. And in mm-hmm. order to do that, you basically have to say, screw everything else. I'm just going to yep. focus you have to on put me. yourself in front of everything. People, family, girlfriends, God. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Et cetera. So, um, and Matt kind of seems a little like distraught by this and yeah, I don't know. His face almost like seemed to show maybe like uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, naivety about it, like thinking that he could do mm-hmm. it without the selfishness, you know, uh, yeah. which, you know, probably you can. I'm pretty sure you can be an artist without being selfish, <laughs> but I, I would think I'm not so, an artist. Yeah. So <laughs> can't speak on that. We know Peter Berg seems to be a real selfish ass. But we enjoy sure. his his art, <laughs> at least the show. I don't know about yeah. everything else, but yeah, you know, I watched Battleship while we've been recording <laughs> this and wasn't nuts about it. But. Yeah, Coach meets with Buddy uh, for advice on fundraising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy, <laughs> uh, first of all, is like way too anxious to even talk about it. He's worried yeah. that uh, the Panther boosters are on his trail that. Uh, they might have slipped a recording device on him. There might be somebody <laughs> listening in right now. Uh, yeah. Maybe the bartender is a secret Panther booster. He, he you just can't shake them. Uh, yeah. Crazy, Eric. They're crazy. Yeah. Um, but he, he he does. Is it is it in this scene where he tells uh, Coach like, no, it's next episode. I think where he says something along the lines of like, 
you can't just create a booster. It's got to come from the heart. I think that's, <laughs> that's, I think that's next, in the next episode. I think that yeah. is next episode, but I definitely wrote that quote down. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, at first, I was like laughing at how ridiculous it was. But then I thought, no, this is Joe McCoy that we're dealing right. with. Like scumbag uh, for sure. So maybe mm-hmm. Buddy's not so crazy to to worry about it. So yeah. he does say the quote I wrote down from this scene is, Buddy is, you know, saying, you know, they might have a, uh, uh, his phone tapped and stuff, but he says, I mean, they think I'm the one who told you about the mailbox. <laughs> so says, well, you are the one who told me about that. He says, yeah, I know, but I've got to unknow that right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, Buddy is in a very anxious, paranoid place. Can't help coach right now. It's just too risky for him. Yeah. Next we see Julie brushing her teeth. Uh, <laughs> The second of two yeah. toothbrushing scenes. There's got to be a movie dude two theme in there somewhere, but <laughs> I just I just couldn't bring just it together. Can't, in time. Uh, can't unlock it. Yeah. No. Tammy is pushing the uh, the faith conversation again, the God conversation again. I didn't write anything else down yeah. besides it's, Tammy's pushing it. Again. It's implied that Tammy asked off screen to Julie if there were an earthquake in Dylan would she pray right. uh, but the the scene opens on Julie being like an earthquake in Texas <laughs> Jamie's like yeah it happens what would you do and so Julie's like I don't know I would probably like find a doorway <laughs> um, right and she's like, I don't know what I do. I'll let you know next time there's an earthquake. <laughs> and Tammy is just, yeah, Tammy is not letting this go. No. And like finding weird hypotheticals. Like, couldn't you just say a tornado? <laughs> right. That's that already happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to make it hypothetical. You could just say, did you pray when that tornado? Yeah. But no, she probably didn't because she was so focused on Tim Riggins, uh strong arms right, wrapped yeah. around her in that moment. Yeah, she thought she was with Jesus himself already. <laughs> right. That is a loving embrace that she was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so t- usually I would be annoyed with Julie's attitude, but I'm not annoyed with Julie's attitude uh, in these conversations. <laughs> I'm kind no, of- I, I'm inclined to agree. And maybe, no, but yeah, I, I'm actually like, actually the the very first scene, I actually put in my notes like, Julie speaks for all of us um, <laughs> when she basically like derides the church for right uh, being full of hypocrites. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll there. Get into uh, it, yes. We'll get there very, very soon. Uh, we promise. But right now, Luke is uh, having a pretty good practice. Yep. Vince, on the other hand, is struggling. Yep. Um, at the end of practice, uh, Tim kind of goes over and tells Luke, like, hey, you did really good out there. Mm-hmm. Luke is a little bit more concerned because coach has not complimented him, has not spoken positively to him about mm-hmm. his performance on the field. And Tim kind of says, you know, he's got a lot on his plate. Um, as they're having this conversation, Becky is near the practice field and says, hey, Tim. <laughs> she doesn't do the full bow, but it was still right. bow-esque. Yeah. Hey, Tim Riggins. <laughs> Tim kind of like barely acknowledges her. Uh-huh. Uh, Luke kind of teases Tim about it and is like, he's like, you, or Tim's like, I'm staying with her mom. Yep. Renting like, a room from her mom. Renting a room from her mom. That's all. And Luke is like, I'd rent a room from her mom. Or he says some. <laughs> yeah. He makes some uh, 
you know, high school boy statement, basically yeah. suggesting that he is sexually attracted to Becky <laughs> and or her mom <laughs> and or her mom. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, Tim has not established himself as an authority figure yet because I don't feel like that's something you would say to just any coach. <laughs> football. Coach. I think, yeah, he's maybe in like the uh, Ryan Bruns. Sure. status uh sure. as a coach as bruns was as a teacher were like yeah this is like an authority figure but also he's basically my age so like i right. feel comfortable sharing things with him that i maybe wouldn't be comfortable sharing yeah. with like mike makuska for example <laughs> <laughs> right rest in peace rest in peace yeah i thought that too <laughs> yeah that makes sense i was just always super authority conscious I feel like when I was in high school so I would be afraid to say anything like that to anyone uh, especially an authority figure so Vince and the guy that I refer to in my notes as Bozo uh, (laughs) playing basketball in the park yeah this guy is just nothing but trouble like bad news that's why he's in the show it's just to stir things up to be a bad Uh, influence on Vince mm -hmm. we can tell bad influ Vince (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> influence no cut that out uh, <laughs> not gonna that's gonna stay in uh, we can <laughs> we, we can tell we're in East Dillon because the camera shot is like at an angle crooked, it's like crooked. Yep. you so, see somebody has left a Gatorade bottle uh, like probably like 35% full uh, <laughs> nearby the court and not bothering to throw it away <laughs> That's um, how we know we're in East. That's Dillon. how you know you're in East Dillon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vince is frustrated, is expressing his frustration to Bozo uh, about how Coach is treating him and how Luke is coming in. Bozo is basically telling him he needs to be uh, needs to be careful of Whitey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that they basically. brought in Luke Cafferty, who is white, and the coach is going to favor the white guy. Uh, mm-hmm. because white people look out for themselves. So you also have to look out for yourself, mm-hmm. um, which is not incorrect advice, but I think in this situation, it is incorrect advice. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's an incorrect interpretation of what's yes. happening. Yes, for sure. We see Luke and Tim talking. Uh, Luke is bitching about coach having it in for him or out for him. Is it having it in for him or having it, having out, it for out for him? him, having it out for him in or yeah. out. Uh, Tim tells him, like, listen, <laughs> you just got to trust coach. <laughs> um, uh, kind of talks him down a little bit about it. But then Tim goes and talks to coach about it, kind of passes that along. Like, hey, listen, Luke is not feeling the greatest about how you've been treating him or not noticing. <laughs> and coach basically tells him, like, listen, I don't have time for sensitivity training and all yeah, that. I'm so, not going to kiss his ass. Yeah. Luke's got to get over it. Because he's some big star from, from the Panthers. Yeah. He's not going to get special treatment. He's at quit acting like he's gracing us with his presence. Um, Which I feel like Luke is not doing that at all. No. I think that, Coach is just being unfairly harsh on him because he's afraid of being perceived as having special treatment. I do think... I do think that it comes it I I think it comes across as Luke does feel a little bit entitled and is used to having attention. Like sure. he's used to being a star, he's used yep. to, you know. He's whatever. used to the compliments, I think for sure. Yeah. But Yeah. I mean, I think coach is going out of his way not to compliment him. Yes. 
So it's it's a little little from column A, a little from column yeah, B. It's both ways for sure. Uh, Landry is practicing his punts and he sucks at it. He's really bad. It's like it'd be. It's honestly like I'm pretty unathletic and have like pretty bad, uh, like I guess muscle intuition when it comes to <laughs> sure. stuff. But like Landry's form is real bad. <laughs> it's bad. Is the punt that we see is about like a eight yard punt. Like and he like jumps in like he hits. Yeah, it's a <laughs> odd form. It's not going well. Um, but Jess shows up. She's got like three little brothers or cousins mm-hmm. or you know family. She's got yep. family with her. Um, little little boys and she shows up and gives him some pointers on how to punt. And uh, Landry takes her advice and you know gets off a pretty nice pretty nice punt. It's clear mm-hmm. she knows what she's talking about. She's a pretty good coach. She says she learned it from her dad. Uh, he used to be a like a really good quarterback, I think. Um, almost yep. went pro, but like yep. now can't stand football. Yeah, classic uh, tale of a guy who used to be really good at something, but now he won't even talk about it. He hates <sighs> it so much. Uh-huh. Uh, a weird, like one of those weird cliches. And I can't think of another example of that, but I know that it's <laughs> all over. Like you yeah, see it right. all the time. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. For sure, that's a thing. Uh, coach comes home. He's a little tuned up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you can hear it in his voice. Uh, he sounded like me some episodes in season two. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, Tammy, uh, or he he tells Tammy, uh, you know, went had a couple drinks, left the car at the bar, got a ride home from whoever, uh-huh. and he admits to Tammy about the check that uh, it was actually a three thousand dollar check <laughs> to Under Armour. She reveals that they don't even have $3,000 in their checking account. Yikes. Um, which, yeah, I guess being a parent is very expensive. I, I don't know. I don't have kids. Uh, I would probably not have $3,000 in my she's checking a, account. She's a principal. She's a principal. He's a high school, a Texas high school football coach, granted at East Dillon, but still. Right. And they do only have one and a half kids. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Depends on how human you consider Gracie <laughs> right. to be. Exactly. But. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, they don't have the money in there. This is obviously a big deal. I don't care if you, even if you had more, you know, way more than $3,000 in your checking account, I still feel like, uh, writing a check for $3,000 and not telling your, your spouse, uh, and then straight up lying about it. That's questionable no matter what. Yes. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that doesn't go over well. Amy's pretty pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we get a, a shot next of the alarm clock. It's 2 a.m. Coach can't sleep. It's keeping him up. Uh, then it is, we see the clock and it's 6 a.m. Alarm goes off. Tammy wakes up. Coach is gone. Little note that says he went to get the car. Yep. And we see him driving out to the Cafferty Ranch. Yep. He uh, goes to Luke's home, uh, asks about his displeasure. Uh, of how practices have been going and his placement on the team. Luke tells him, listen, like my parents don't give a crap about football. I want to use this to get out of here. I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to live in Dillon forever. I want to use football to get me out of here. And to do that, I need to get a scholarship 
to go to college and then get beyond that. Coach says, "Listen, we'll get you get you'll get back on offense when I, I give you a chance. Uh, but what I really need you to do is lead. I need you to be a leader on this team." Yep, yep. He does say, "Like, listen, I will do everything in my power to get you that scholarship and get what you want, but I need this one thing from you to lead." We see Tim giving Becky a ride to school, and he asks her, "You got a boyfriend?" Because he's the one who should be doing all of this. He should be giving you these rides and whatnot. She makes the comment, no, I do not. But maybe it would be more efficient since you're giving me the rides anyway if you were my boyfriend. Uh, yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, can't get um, much more forward than that. I don't think Tim even took it in the way that, like, I thought, I think that he took it as if she was joking. Like, did not, oh, did not skip a beat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. even. Cause he's like, Hey, you know, you know, that Luke Cafferty kid, like he's pretty India. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. He did not pick up on, on the, the hint that Becky was laying down right. and good for Tim. Cause he probably shouldn't be considering that. Option. Right. Well, <laughs> and not for a number of reasons. And we'll, I do want to talk about this because Becky basically tells Tim that he'll talk, she'll talk to Luke, but like is visibly like, Oh, he's not into me. Mm-hmm. Um, Angie and I talked about this because Angie made a pretty crass comment that I won't repeat uh, <laughs> about like <laughs> what it would take for somebody who slept with your mom to be a person that's desirable for you to sleep with. Um, I didn't think about it from that angle. Yeah. And that's exactly the angle that I've been thinking of it. I literally wrote in my notes like pretty weird that Becky wants is into Tim because he boned her mom. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, that's what I told Angie is like, it's an interesting dynamic because I know that these are actors on a show. So like naturally for me, if I'm Tim, I'm like mother daughter, (laughs) you know? And even if, you know, even knowing Tim, the way that we do know him, like, listen, he's got a good heart, but I don't know if he has that good of a heart. Yeah, right. Uh, to not try to take advantage. I mean, he slept with the Sanderson sisters. <laughs> uh, well, that's a deep pull there. Yeah, in the that one summer, the summer of uh, 2007, it must have been. So, I mean, I don't know that he's above a mother and daughter. Yeah, right. Uh, conquest. <laughs> um, the only thing, of course, being that it, you know, it is inappropriate because she is underage and you can't really depict that because even though Tim is young, he's not, yeah. uh, you know, he's out of high school. So that's right. It's a, that's a, a janky line to walk and one that you probably don't want to, but mm-hmm. um, it's very weird for Becky to be interested in a man that slept with her mother. I did. I did. Uh, I think it's in this episode. Um, yeah. Later on in this episode, when uh, Becky's mom comes and is like, hey, I'm going to buy you a dress and all that. And they're like walking together. That's in the next one. Next episode, okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll wait to get into that. But I did th- just think about like, okay, I'm going to assume that Becky's mom had Becky at a young age. Right. Yes. Because yeah. like when they're walking next to each other, it's like, geez, they don't look like a mother and daughter. Yes. And I thought, well, you know, if you got a 
15 year old and a 30 year old or something like that, you know, like, yep. Okay. I can kind of see that. So, so that makes it like a tiny bit more feasible that like Tim could, it's still weird. It's still very weird, but it's not like a 50 year old and a 15 year old. Exactly. So anyway, (laughs) okay. So Tammy stops by coach's office. He apologizes for the check for writing that says under armor is going to work with us on this. Uh, that's all I got for that scene. Yeah. Not we're much. basically, we're going to, I'm going to figure it out. Tammy just says we can't ever let that kind of thing happen again. Yep. Coach agrees. Yep. Buddy is at a booster party at the McCoy household, which I think every time we see it uh, just gets more massive and ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. More elaborate and yeah yeah uh but the boosters are kind of talking openly with buddy about replacing tammy as the principal this is the straw that breaks the camel's back for for donnie garrity (laughs) um he steps out in the middle of everybody says listen i'm no longer a panther um i did tell coach taylor about the mailbox Mm -hmm. And Joe McCoy, you are a cancer. You're a cancer on me. You're a cancer on this team. You're a cancer on all my friends here. And you're a cancer on the community. Yeah. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, clear eyes, full hearts. Oh, yeah. Can't lose. I wrote my notes here. Hell yeah, buddy. Buddy, buddy's taking a stand for once. This is the most stand up we've ever seen, buddy. <laughs> yep. Uh, Matt and Julie. Are, I think they're maybe out delivering pizzas or something. I don't know. Probably. That's just no, they they're Matt, they're hanging out and Matt has to drop something off for Richard. Yeah. Matt says like, hey, wait in the car. I just got to go drop this off. Uh, I'll be back in a moment. Uh-huh. Julie doesn't even wait a minute. <laughs> Hops right like out. we see Matt go into the building. Somehow Richard doesn't see or hear him, even though we can see Richard in the background of the shot or <laughs> oh, really? walking in. Yeah. I miss that. <laughs> Julie literally doesn't even wait a minute. Yeah. Just hops and just out. hops out and decides to follow Matt in. Yeah. Starts snooping um, around like really. 15 seconds behind him <laughs> and stopped by Richard. She explains who she is. And Richard goes, Oh, so you're the chain bringing Matt down. I yeah. think I married you about 20 years ago, honey. Yeah. Julie is shook by that. Yes. She kind of, I feel like, yeah, just that realization comes flooding in. Um, that reality, I guess that, oh yeah, dang. Uh, maybe Richard's on to something here. So, yep. She's shook. Uh, it's game time at yep. East Dillon. The Lions are getting or maybe it must not be at East Dillon, but the Lions are getting booed on no. their way in. Yep. Um, yep. It's at, uh, yeah, whatever the team they're playing, I forget. But yeah. um, on the way in, was it Tinker? Somebody asked Don't. Coach, like, hey, uh, what are we doing with our practice jerseys? Yeah, oh, right. Like, are yeah. we playing in these? Like, what's going on? And Coach is like, tell you what, you just shut the hell up. <laughs> like, <laughs> And so even we as an audience are like, oh God, they're going to play in their practice jerseys. Like this is a real, the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, however, uh, they arrive in the locker room and find it. I don't know how 
coach even finagled this. That's why I was confused at whether it was East Dillon or not. Because it's right. like, well, how did he get in the locker room to plant the new uniforms? But the new uniforms are there. They're hanging up. It's a, it's a beautiful moment. Coach has a great line here. Uh, it says, they may be new, but they're still work close. Yeah. Let's go I to work. That. Which is great. But obviously, the team is pumped to have new jerseys and whatnot. Julie and Matt are out on a date. Matt is kind of excited about the fact that he's made a little bit of a connection with Richard Sherman, yeah. finally. Like, that Richard had that thing about selfishness or whatever. Yeah. So he's he's excited about that, but uh, Julie is obviously preoccupied, haunted by the line that Richard laid on her about being a ball and chain holding him back. And so she asked him, am I holding you back? Uh, th- that's what Richard said. Um, Matt says, no, you're the most important thing in my life. Julie says, well, maybe that's the, that's the point. My nomination for goofus Malufus uh, moment of the week is the next line where Matt simply responds to this by saying, eat your bean curd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Matt doesn't really want to address that uh, possibility yeah. that maybe Julie's holding him back a little bit. Uh, we get to the actual game. Luke is, is having a really good game, but the Lions are still getting their asses beat. Luke, near the end of the game, Luke gets a pick, which should have been a pick six. Mm-hmm. But Vince is his blocker. He's got one guy to beat, and Vince just kind of yeah lets him through. Doesn't even, yeah, lets him through. Yeah. I was going to say whiffed, but he didn't even whiff. He no, just kind of, yeah, he intentionally slows down, lets the guy through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, coach is extremely upset about this. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the Lions then do whiff a field goal attempt. Uh, Land- <laughs> yeah. or, well, not even Landry's fault. No, it, was it wasn't the, Landry's fault. It was the catcher's fault or the guy who catches the ball and what the holder, the, the place, the holder. <laughs> yep. Jesus. <laughs> Um, the holder's fault. Landry does pick it up when we get, uh, we get a, uh, Landry to Vince kind of forward lateral. I, I hesitate to call it a pass Landry to Vince on a forward lateral that does end up getting the lions a touchdown. Their first score, they lose still like 27 to seven or something like yep. that. But yeah, they like, on the board. They bumble their way into into a touchdown, but it's still, it's still a a moral victory for the, for the lions. I have to check Uh, myself every time I start saying Panthers in my mind and then I have to say lions. Yep. So for the fourth or fifth time this episode, Tammy (laughs) is once again, bothering Julie about going to church, but um, it's kind of a, a nice wrap up to this little weird storyline. Because she does tell Julie that it is important for her and good for her to question her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's a nice uh, a nice little wrap-up. And at least, like, you know, I want you to keep going to church, uh, but uh, it is good for you to, to question uh, your faith mm-hmm. and struggle with it a little bit. So, a nice little tie-in. I'd like to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Yeah. On, on on this this storyline on the whole and have a little discussion about it, not to yeah. go too long, but well, I'm glad that you like keyed in on it and resonated with more because literally what I wrote for this scene is 
Tammy wraps up the church conversation with Julie. IDK, whatever. Seems like a superfluous storyline. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> sure. But uh, I'm glad you took better notes on that because I, I like literally didn't pay attention. But I agree with Tammy. And when I was a youth pastor, I remember talking with parents whose kids were like questioning a lot of things and that was really scary for them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I would tell them like, listen, your kid is probably in a much better place than, you know, 85% of the kids that grow up in this very small Christian town that mm-hmm. we live in. Right. Because those kids are just, they're just going with it. Like they're not owning their, their faith at all. If you don't question things now, they're going to fall apart later and you're going to be, you're going to be thrown off in because you never like stop to think about it. And so, uh, I always told them like, listen, it's better that they're questioning now because that means they actually are like digging into it and yep. thinking about it. Um, so it's actually a good thing and you just need to, yeah, support them in their questions and walk through them and, and be steady. Um, yeah. So I think Tammy ended up in the right place here. If that's what she did, I I literally like didn't catch yeah. any of that. Yeah. But if that's where she landed, then yeah, way to go, Tammy. I don't necessarily agree with your pestering before, but I yeah. like where you ended up. Yeah. Um. Not to get too personal. Yeah. Uh. But I I, I definitely resonated, especially high school. Me really resonated with Julie a lot in this mm-hmm. episode. Um. Mm-hmm. I probably haven't consistently gone to church in I don't want to even speculate how many years. <laughs> sure. Uh it's been a while. But I will say that like I love talking about my mm-hmm. faith. I love talking like having conversations with people. Yeah. I think the church setting and this is probably just my own fault. Um <laughs> but like I feel like I never really got a whole lot out of church especially in high school like high school and younger. Yeah. Um didn't get a lot out of it. I'm more of like an interactive person. Mm-hmm. I like to, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't get a lot out of sitting and listening to somebody else's thoughts for 45 minutes or whatever. Sure. sure. I get a lot more out of like having those discussions mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and having those conversations. And maybe I'm probably wrong about that. <laughs> but like, um, you know, I, and you know, I, I think my, I definitely don't identify with the church that we grew up in. Right. Um, <laughs> I definitely can comfortably say that. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot, you know, there, I, I think I would probably identify more with red letter Christianity than anything else. Sure. Uh, at this point in my life. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there's something to that. I think everybody has their own experience. I think obviously um, yeah. everybody has their own religious experiences or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't know. I think, yeah, I would tell Tammy, just like, take a chill pill, man. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, your kids are going to figure it out. She's still your kid. I understand. I 100% understand. Like as a person who has seen friends leave the church, mm-hmm. like entirely, like how heartbreaking and difficult that can be Yeah, because I get it. I 100% mm-hmm. get it. I, I think the church is in a very bad place right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that they are losing people almost like on purpose. Like I know it's not right. on purpose, but it almost seems like it's on purpose mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, you got to figure stuff out. Uh, they're they're going to lose a whole generation. And then those Christians that want to act like they're persecuted might actually not be persecuted in real life, but actually be the minority that they think they are. Right. So I guess right. there's that. Uh, so yeah. 
bully for you guys. But no, I think that there's, um, I think there needs to be a, a big reformation in, in the mm-hmm. whole of American Christianity. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's something I think about a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I, I, what also I would tell Tammy in that situation is just like, just own it. Julie's concerns are completely valid. Yes. For sure. The church is completely full of hypocrites. 100%. Yeah. But also like, that's kind of the point, right? Like we all suck and that's why like it, we innately right. suck. And so that's why we, <laughs> we need this, you know? And so yep. rather than try and act like, yeah, the church has, is, is perfect and has it all together and should be the one that's making all the decisions and stuff like that. Like just own it and be like, yeah, <laughs> we actually right. do yeah. suck. And that's kind of the point, you know, yeah. and we need to be more okay with being honest about that. Yeah. And I think that's why so many people our age are leaving the church is because 100%. we we grew up believing this was like this infallible institution and then it became very abundantly clear that yep. uh no, kind of full of in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And so it, I I think that's the most fascinating thing about it and I read a lot of books especially like when I was probably I probably like flirted with agnosticism for a little mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. Um and I read this book called Losing My Religion that was by a guy who was like uh, he grew up in the Catholic Church and basically left the church because of the whole scandal with the yeah. like uh, abuse, uh, you know, the spotlight thing, the abuse and all that stuff. And I remember reading that and being like, "I get it," because like the Catholic Church is totally, uh, you know, um, implicit. I think mm-hmm. on the whole there, but like yeah. also, like how can you be mad? Like how can you leave? a religion because of like what humans do. Like, that's the thing that I, I've never understood. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're not religious, like don't, I'm yeah. not going to judge you. I, re- I promise you, uh, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, but it, that to me is just like, not even something that I would consider. Like, I can't yeah. imagine like that was like the whole book was basically like, yeah, yeah. The Catholic abuse thing happened. And then I was like, Oh yeah, there's no God because uh, right. of what people do. And I was like, that just did not sway me at all. Like mm-hmm. that's a dumb argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, but it doesn't make sense, but I, I can, I, I empathize with it. This week was a, a, a really good reminder, like almost like reminder for me in that area. Uh, you probably saw, I know you saw on social media that yeah. like one of a, a student at Northwestern got baptized and she was an international mm-hmm. student. She came into Northwestern, like not interested at all. Uh, why did Jesus she end up, faith. can I ask you why she ended up there? If, if I, I, honestly, okay. I honestly don't know. Like that, that's always the question is how did you end up at Northwestern if you're not a Christian? Yeah. Um, but she did. And, you know, she like, was she, actually, like on an athletic scholarship or anything. No, or just, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I all right. honestly don't know. I should ask her. She, she's, yeah. act, she's uh, studying abroad and leaves like on Wednesday. So I should get to the bottom of that. But yeah, you know, she was a, she was an AV person. And so I worked with her a lot. Like uh, she ran sound for us and did lights and like came on these retreats that we put on for middle schoolers and stuff. And through that, like just through being immersed in it, like she, she met God and she found, yeah, she decided right. to like, no, this is, this is what I want to be about now. But as literally, like, as I was at her baptism out at the pond outside of Orange City, I was like, 
I feel so bitterly towards the church right now that it's right. kind of perplexing to me that someone would want to be a part of this. And it was right. like a gut check for me because I'm like, I don't understand why somebody would choose this right now. Right. But it was a good reminder for me that like, yeah, we can't judge Christianity. We can't judge Jesus by the shittiness mm, of exactly. his followers. That um, just not, yeah, that those two things aren't, yeah, shouldn't go. So Matt goes to talk to Richard Sherman and he sees some of his like actual art hanging yeah, in the shop. Like, he shows up to the shop and can't find him. And we almost like, I was like worried for a second <laughs> because like, there's like a, you can't find him and you know, yeah, sure. artists, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. A lot of suicides going yes, on in art. So, right. um, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be a tragic scene. Um, and while, Matt is looking for Richard. He like looks up and sees Richard's art for the first time somehow. <laughs> yeah. Did he just like slap this together in the last right even day? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But it's and it's not even I wasn't like that impressed by it. I I think if you thought he was a bumbling idiot uh and just a jerk and then you saw that you'd be like, "Okay, yeah, he actually does do something. I don't know that it necessarily blew me away, but it was it was real art. It was definitely some, you know, you know art just like pornography. I feel like you can know <laughs> yeah. art when you see it. You know it, art when you see it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I felt it's like a it was callback art. to episode 1. Yes. <laughs> uh and yeah, so turns out Richard is I think either sleeping or somewhat out. drunk. Yeah, uh so out, both, sure. I guess. Um, and he's laying there and what does Matt say? Uh, I don't know. It, it's something Richard says, yeah, that's a piece of crap. That's a piece of crap. Yeah. And Matt says, yeah, well, that's a beautiful piece of crap. Yeah. So yep. we finally see the, the artistic beauty, uh, of Richard Sherman. Yep. Coach and Tammy going to bed. Uh, coach says, yeah, we'll get the money together somehow. Tammy says, now that you've gotten through a game, you got to feel good about that. I bet you'll sleep better tonight. Coach doesn't look so convinced that he's going to sleep yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that's it. I that's had the episode. I Roll had credits. my movie dude two summary sitting there. Oh, so I thought we had more, but no, that's it. Mm -hmm. Roll credits. That's the end of the episode. Uh, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with our awards for the week. Okay, we're back. We're going to give out our awards for the week, and we're going to start, like we always do, with the Coach Taylor inspirating. Uh, Coach had kind of an up-and-down episode here. Uh, you know, bald-faced lying. Yeah. Not a great look on Coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You got to take points away for sure from uh, the from the, the check. Um, <laughs> it's not, but, not good. No, but I think, um, I mean, his his uh his little work uh comment the work clothes comment was right. good it was like um, literally like two sentences but it was mm -hmm. those were that made up a lot of ground those two sentences did yep and i think yeah i think on the whole i mean i think he had a net positive episode so i'm going to i'm going to give him a like a strong 5 to a light 6 oh okay 
little bit a little bit higher than I was thinking. Um, I thought that line was good. Really, other than that, though, not a ton. I feel like the bulk of the episode is him navigating this tricky financial situation. So I was thinking a strong three. Oh wow! So yeah, we're a little bit further off than we usually are. Yeah, we can um, be in the middle of a four. Yeah, let's go with yeah. the strong four. If you were at a five or a six, I'm I'm fine with the a strong four. So a little bit tougher call this week on the inspo rating. Julie Taylor Hatometer. Um, interesting episode for Julie. Yeah, I feel like um, she's still being the rebellious teen that's so annoying. But in this case, it wasn't so annoying because yeah, think we in, resonated with it. In a, a not, yeah, in a not annoying way, in a, in a definitely relatable way. I. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to, um, to give Julia a zero at the worst, but I, I mm-hmm. think I'm willing to go into the negatives here because she's having a big life moment by, I don't think she's necessarily struggling with her faith, but I think that she is kind of even questioning is a strong word. Let's say wrestling. That's a very yeah. uh, Christianese word, but I yes, feel like it it's important. She's, she's wrestling right now with, yeah. with her faith, um, which is good. Like that's yeah. like we, like and, we and mentioned. I, even that is like, it's almost like she's just kind of wondering how important it is to her life. It's not even like she's mm-hmm. struggling with it. She's just right. kind of like wondering where its place is in her life. Yeah. If this wasn't here, would it matter to me? Exactly. I think that's a fair yep. question to ask. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I like it. I think at, in season four, especially if we can give Julie a negative on the hate meter, we do a, it. A so, big, yeah, uh, I'm. I'd even be willing to do like a negative two. I felt like yeah, I, like I felt like it was it was uh, relatable and <laughs> caused a lot of good conversation. Uh, I don't know how much yeah. of our conversation <laughs> will make the podcast because we we did a deep dive. Yeah, we did uh, into we did the subject, screen, but 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 yeah, okay, negative two, Julie. The the rare uh the rare negative. We haven't had a negative Julie rating in a while. I think it's probably yeah. been like I don't think she would have dipped into it in season three. No into the positives. Maybe some neutrals, but yeah. But yeah, I think yeah. we had some zero episodes where she like maybe didn't make a ton of appearances, <laughs> but right. Yeah. Well, good. Uh yeah. Good to good to see you in the negatives, Julie. Yeah. Uh for you. Big rig beer tally. Didn't have any in this episode. Okay, I didn't, I didn't catch any. any, but that means nothing because I never catch any. But right, <laughs> so we got a zero for Tim. What was Tim doing in this episode? Mostly just coaching. Mm-hmm. That's where we saw yeah. Tim. No so. beers to be had while you're coaching, <laughs> even when you're <laughs> no. Tim Riggins. All right, the Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Aw Shucks Goofus Malufus moment of the week. Uh, I made that one note when he, <laughs> uh, when. Julie is asking the question of, am I holding you back? Am I the ball and chain that's keeping you from being successful? And Matt's response was, uh, eat your bean curd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good, um, a good choice. I think almost anything that he does with Richard Sherman is goofus malivacy. I mean, the, the scene where he's just getting clowned on for the (laughs) smashed windshield trunk like that was pretty good yeah i see the face of god yeah that was yeah yeah, that's that's really good yeah i i i would argue that first scene where the guy's just like stop asking questions (laughs) um even though matt can't help it and you'd think that as an you know uh, you know i'm not an artist once again uh but like i feel like if i was on an art internship i would at least get a little bit more communication than this guy's given yeah all right so in my notes, I just put 
whole episode question mark for Matt mm-hmm. on this one. All appearances, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Donnie Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. I don't think we have any. No, this is obviously if, we had a, the Donnie Garrity hero moment of the week. Yeah, right. If this was on the same scale as the Julie Taylor Hato meter, he'd be in the negatives here mm-hmm. as far as sleazeball moves go. So, way to go, buddy. We're not even going to give you a sleazeball move. I don't think we need to dig one up. We'll no. just give you this win. Uh, Maybe the. Uh, <laughs> Right now, I need to forget that I told him the where <laughs> the mailbox is, but I think he makes up for that. Even, yeah. So. Yep. Uh, the Joe McCoy stud of suds smug scumbag move of the week. <laughs> I, I put that in my notes to I think be aware. Jo- joking about coaches uh, forfeit two weeks after the fact, <laughs> like at right. a booster meeting. Like, are you still recalling it? Like nobody, everybody knows that story. So you're not like retelling it to somebody who doesn't already know. <laughs> right. You're just like repeating. So yeah, I think that's my choice. <laughs> it almost reminds me of Buddy mouthing the words of the radio broadcast to the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> state championship game. <laughs> yeah, like a moment of glory for Joe, even though it doesn't matter like to him yeah. really. But. Right. Uh, notable music cues. Anything pop up in this episode? Did not have any I, in this episode. I even literally sure. at, the the vague hip hop, the generic hip hop. Right. Uh, there there was even a moment towards the end of the episode where it was like a really poignant moment where I felt like they would usually put in some soft acoustic indie song and they were just instead playing explosions in the sky esque music. Yeah. To where I thought like, oh, okay, we're going on um, this episode. On the IMDb, there's Friday Night Lights theme, Your Hand in Mine. Uh, odds in my favor performed by double O riders riders with a, a Y at R Y D E R Z. Oh, they so, must be from East Dillon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then put another quarter in the jukebox performed by Buck Owens. So I'm guessing that oh. must've been like at one of the bar scenes, but yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we did have an outdated cultural reference. What was that again? Uh, balancing the checkbook. Balancing the checkbook. Yes. People don't do that anymore. Quote of the episode. Uh, one, you need to watch your language. Two, next time I see you, I want whatever that is on your upper lip shaved off. I think that's a nomination. Yeah, absolutely. That one probably made me laugh the most. We've got, uh, the, there's two quotes on IMDb, and these are the two that probably stood out to me not in a funny way. Uh-huh. Um, the first is Coach Taylor saying, hey, hey, listen up. Listen up, gentlemen. Listen up. They may be new, but they're still work clothes. Let's go to work. Yep. Yep. For sure. And then probably my favorite is Buddy Garrity at the booster uh, meeting mm-hmm. saying, hey. I got something to say, everybody. I hate to spoil the party, but this is to everybody. You know what? I'm not a Panther anymore. You used to be my friends. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you believe in, but it's not the Panthers. It's not the Panthers I believed in. It's not the Panthers we grew up with. I'll tell you that right now. And you want to know another thing? I'm the one who told Eric about the mailbox. Hey, I can't live with myself anymore. I put that mailbox in 12 years ago, out in the middle of the night. I dug that hole and put it in. It's my mailbox. I'll do whatever I want to it. (laughs) And Joe, I tried. But ever since you got here, you've been a cancer to me. You've been a cancer to my friends. 
and you've been a cancer to this team. And just one more thing I want to say is clear hearts, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> Almost messed up the quote there because the uh, the first Craig Finn solo album, lead singer of The Hold Steady, mm-hmm. uh, the first solo album he released, the title was Clear Heart, Full Eyes. Oh, um, really? Yeah. As like, a, apparently he's a big Friday Night Lights fan. Okay. And he did that as like a, yeah, like an homage to them, but switched the words around. Uh, so sometimes I think you get a mix it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm fine. I think I'm fine with giving it to, to Buddy if that's, if that's your pick. Buddy doesn't mm-hmm. often get the quotes either. No. So I feel like this is a feel good awards session right now. Yeah. We're just, Giving Julie positives and telling Buddy that he's not a sleazeball and giving him quote of the episode. So it's a real redemptive story. I like it. Yeah. MVP of the episode. I think Buddy is a candidate. Contender. Yeah. I was going to get even more controversial, arguably, with it and say Julie Taylor. Yeah. I I mean, I'll definitely entertain the nomination for sure. She she inspired more conversation than uh, between (laughs) us than anybody else in this episode. So my my choice is going to be for Julie Taylor. My nomination would be for okay. All right. Um, Yeah. So Julie, yeah, taking hold of her of her faith and asking good questions. Uh, We love to see that. Buddy standing up for what he believes in and. having maybe a shred of like morals and dignity, which we don't often see. Yeah, don't see that a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think either one of those is a good choice. Uh, Let's go with Julie. I feel like, again, Julie doesn't get many opportunities to be the MVP of the episode. So We gave it to Buddy for the season three finale, and we, I think, in Mm. that episode said, like, this will probably be his only chance, and I think this might be Julie's (laughs) only chance. chance, (laughs) Yep, I like it. I'm fine with that. Okay, uh, if we're going to put a numerical value on how good this episode was, uh, what? yeah, what do you say? You know, I think I've fallen back on this the last couple of episodes, I think for the entirety of season four, but I think I got to stick with a seven here. Nothing mind-blowing. Yep. A couple of really special moments. Um, did, I'd, I'd be willing to consider, I'd, I'd be willing to entertain an eight because of the conversation uh, it inspired yeah. Um, for a minimal subplot, so really not that important. That honestly annoyed me just because it was basically the same scene four times. Um, so I, 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 I feel safe going with the with the seven. You will not get any pushback from me on that. I agree. It's a seven. It's it's good. It's it's fine. It's not great. I'm with you. So we're gonna go with the seven on this one. All right, so that's going to leave us. Uh, we'll wrap up with the lesson of the episode, but before we do that, I uh, want to give a little opportunity for some for some shout-outs here. Any Twitter interactions or anything like that we've had this week that we want to make a note of? Yeah, I've got a semi-shout-out, uh, semi-correction to be made. Um, this one stems all the way back from three episodes ago in the season three finale. Uh-huh. Um, I made a statement about uh, perfect parents, and I mentioned uh, Kevin and Brenda Kuiper. <laughs> Just want to go out of my way to say uh, Donna and Kenny Kuipers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, should have been included. And and while we're at it, uh, Michelle Hubers and also uh, uh, Kirby and, <laughs> and Sandy Sandy Ringling. 
Yeah. Uh, all great sets of parents. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Anthony and I, I don't think we even talked about this. No, we, we didn't. We both separately, uh, we knew each that we would be there, but we went to a Willie Nelson concert recently. Mm-hmm. And I went with my mom. And Anthony, you've probably seen my mom like one other time in the last 15 years. Yeah, I would <laughs> say, say. Well, I would say probably I would less fewer than five more sure, than sure, sure. more than one but fewer than five yeah so it's very rare that you run into yeah. my mom but uh my mom happened for the very first time listen to the podcast as she was driving up to the concert uh listen to the season finale of season three and kind of put you on blast a little bit yeah <laughs> deserve, <laughs> deserve. put up the blasting zone sign <laughs> don is coming in hot uh had something to say about uh not getting mentioned as being good yeah. parents so i'm glad you corrected that yeah for sure so shout out to donna kuipers uh on the podcast shout out uh to our guy garrett Crank chop out there. He he did uh, pick up on the Mike Leach uh, <laughs> reference cameo. Oh yeah, uh, in the last episode, spoke a little and, too uh, soon sp- though. Spoke a little Garrett. too soon, old Crank Chop. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let us know uh, as he was watching the episode, and then caught it later when we came to the realization. So, but nice work on that. We did not catch that at all. No. Uh, good for you. Uh, yeah, continue. Hey, if you got something to uh, something to say, if you got something to correct us on, call yeah, us out and put us on blast. Which, yeah, happens. It definitely happens. Uh, go ahead and, and interact with us on Twitter. Uh, we love that. Uh, I yeah. yeah, we'd love to to talk with you and shout you out. So I think that's all we have for shout outs. So we gotta we gotta come up with a a moral, a takeaway. What are we gonna take from this episode and apply to our lives? Yeah, I'm going to say to stick with the subplot that was just a throwaway, but that we focused on more than anything in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, if you're raising children, not Mm -hmm. that I know anything about that, (laughs) but I think if you're raising children, you got to realize that in religion and all things, they got to have their own journey. So if they're maybe wrestling with something, struggling with something, along the moral lines and you have already brought them up morally in your own mold, uh, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Mm -hmm. don't worry about them so much openly because that will make them push back harder. And then you're going to end up with a bigger problem on your hands than you think you do. Mm -hmm. So I think there, uh, I think there's a lesson in there. Yeah. Good call. I definitely co-sign that. Uh, my lesson of the episode, my biggest takeaway is probably, you know, every every relationship is going to be different. Everybody's going to have different boundaries and in sets of, uh, you know, guidelines for how they do things. But unless you are like super rich, I'm going to guess that it's probably a bad idea in your relationship to write a $3,000 check and not tell yeah. your spouse about that and to straight mm-hmm. up lie about it. So. Yeah. You know, get your own get your own guidelines. You know, some some couples are like, hey, if it's an expense over seventy bucks, we're gonna talk about it. Other people, you know, might be a little more fast and loose with that. You know, a mm-hmm. couple hundred bucks here and there, we can figure it out. But I'm guessing for ninety nine percent of of relationships, three thousand dollars is probably not a check you should write yeah, without that's consulting beyond. your spouse. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks for that lesson, Eric Taylor.
All right. Well, I think that's it for the episode then. Yeah. Uh, shout out to our listeners in the West Indies. Shout out to our listeners in Laos. Shout out to our listeners wherever you are. We're glad that you're with us uh, nearing the end. Uh, we love talking Friday Night Lights with you. We love hearing what you have to think again at Reliving Lights on Twitter. Uh, leave us a review and rating on iTunes, only if it's yeah. five stars. Uh, yes. We, we received daily. We less don't know than which one star. of you. Which yeah. one of you clowns gave us a three-star rating on Apple Podcasts because mm. Mm. you didn't leave a review. You just gave a star rating. So the coward's way. Yeah, probably you know us personally and you just have a beef with us. I don't know if it's <laughs> um, somebody we went to high school with that's like mad at our success or whatever, but uh, <laughs> grow up. You know what? The haters only make us work harder. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. I need to get one of those. I need to go to the the Empire Mall and get an I Heart Haters hat uh, to wear while we record. <laughs> Five stars only, please. <laughs> and if you give us less than that, please say something about it. Don't just yeah. anonymously leave that just to mess with our perfect score. Scared, Girl, bro, you scared? Yeah, somebody's scared. All right, that's enough antagonizing and confronting our (laughs) listeners uh, for this episode. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week for another episode of Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.